Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real-life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're We're your hosts, Latoya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. Here we go. Good Good morning, Becoming Eva fans, and welcome to Becoming Eva episode 209. We are talking about abuse and the journey to healing. Now, this month, it's been pretty heavy, um, and we understand that, but we, we are discussing topics that need to be discussed um, in our society. So today is another heavy day. But very, very much worth it. So, you know, our prayer is that you would not only gain insight and knowledge and wisdom um, and education, but also be able to um, pinpoint some steps that you need to take towards healing and wholeness, because that's the objective. I mean, of course, we have to go through the mess in order to get to that, which we're not afraid of, but we want to, you know, let people know you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay in whatever you may have experienced or whatever you you may be coming out of, that there is um, a a brighter day. There's a brighter, um, you know, there's, there's brightness or a rainbow, I should say, at the, at the end of the journey. So we really want to encourage you to do the, the work necessary to get to that other side. And that's what we're here to help you do. So we have a very special guest with us this morning. So excited to have Ms. Michelle Wilson with us. Yeah. Uh, Welcome. Michelle, you have been a faithful listener and a faithful fan of Becoming Eva. So we are so thankful for your support and being willing and open and transparent enough to come on today's show. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I know I've been telling Ryan for years, I want a Track Stars Wives show. And <laughs> and so when um when he told me that you were doing this, it was just such a blessing to me. So I, it's my pleasure to support. Yay. Thank okay. you so much. Girl, you were day one. Because I can't, I won't forget her. <laughs> yes, yes. Shout out to Alfie. She usually is listening too. If she's not listening on Saturday, she'll download the podcast. So shout out to Alfie as well. Thank you though, for real, for literally being a day one, like supporting consistently, commenting, posting, reposting, retweeting, like all of that. Thank you. It is my pleasure. Thank you. So how is 2020 treating you? We know it's definitely been a different kind of year. How, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing okay. 2020 has been rough, you know, um, but God is faithful. God is faithful. Um, I've always prayed for other people going through to have the peace that surpasses all understanding. And when I lost my father in April, I truly experienced that for the first time. And then losing my grandmother again, well, losing my grandmother in um, July, Mm -hmm. I experienced that again. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're you're sad that they're gone, but just when you stay in God's face, the peace that he gives you is amazing. Mm. Now, how much of a time was it, how much uh, space was there between the loss of your father and then the subsequent loss of your grandmother? 
Uh, my father was in April, so about three months. Okay. And actually, my father came after my nephew was murdered in December. My Lord, that's a lot. That is okay. a lot to work through. So definitely prayers for you and your family. And then also, too, praying that you're taking the time you need to, you know, grieve. You know, that is a, a part of the process. And I know sometimes we like to just push over it, scoot over it because it's hard. But praying that this year has, you know, God has given you pockets to really take the time that you need to reflect, to lean into him and to celebrate their lives. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, I guess we will dive into your official bio. All right. So Miss Michelle Wilson is a graduate of both Howard University and Abilene Christian University. Um, Michelle Wilson is also the founder of Kingdom Crunk Radio, an urban Christian radio station with an emphasis on Christian hip hop and other sub-genres of gospel music like rhythm and praise, gospel reggae, gospel go-go, which is of course a DC style of music. We gotta give it up for the DC area, you know. And then she also serves as a co-host on a music business show for gospel artists and has taught artists marketing and branding on another platform. She's also involved of a whole, in a host of other things, which we'll also probably get into. Um, Mache is heavily involved in her church where two of her favorite ministries to serve in include the children's church where she serves as a tween team coach and then also uh, the road to college ministry. Last year, she officially joined the Track Stars business team. Yay, shout out to Track Stars. And then she also does other things while holding down a full job, full-time job in the federal government where she was instrumental. Um, she was also instrumental in helping to take care of her father, as you mentioned, um, until his transition in April of this year. And then of course, although these things are great, the thing that gives Mache the most joy these days include encouraging others and being godmother to her three amazing kids, Jordan, Journey, and Zaire. Love those names. A perfect weekend for Mache would be morning jogs, Becoming Eva, Track Stars, Virtual Church, and binge watching Nollywood movies uninterrupted while eating homemade keto ice cream and rainbow sprinkles, of course. Love it. I love it. Now you gotta first of all break down what is Nollywood? Break that down for me. It's um it's so it's Nigerian Hollywood. What? Oh I, I love it are amazing i've seen a few south african movies that have been good too but nollywood is amazing <laughs> that's what's up how did you get into that how did oh i think i saw a few movies on netflix that were really good and i was like okay so then i started getting like hooked and um but one thing i can say and i think it's very it's befitting for the topic we had today mm -hmm. um they do address abuse wow in a lot of their movies. Wow. And the way that I've seen certain directors address it, it's like it's candid, but it's also very informative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I know that they are really big on um, the fight against not just domestic violence, um, but even the subgenre of domestic violence, which is sexual violence. They're very big on that. And, you know, of course, now they're dealing with um, 
SARS, but yeah. Yeah. They, when they have a, a when they really fight against the cause, they make sure that they also show it in movies so that people get a deeper understanding. That's what's up. What do you know some of the names of the movies on Netflix in case you know fans want to get wow. into it and see what it's about? So you know what? Actually, after Netflix, after I watched like probably every one. So honestly, I watched every movie on Netflix except for the ones that dealt with witch, witchcraft because my my spirit is really really sensitive. Yeah. And so after I really literally finished Netflix, Hollywood Netflix, um, I went over to um, <laughs> I went over to YouTube and just looked and keyed in Nollywood movies. And so honestly, I have watched so many I can't think of um, any specific names. And then some of them are actually named after what the movie is about and not actually the title. Okay, so there's a genre on Netflix called Nollywood. Yes, and the different, oh, okay. the different um different production companies that produce Nollywood movies, they also have their own channels. Okay, we'll have That's to check it out. Yeah, thank you for schooling us for real. <laughs> yes. Wow. Mm. <laughs> so, Michelle, I know you're here today to talk to us about abuse. First, can you tell the audience how you would define abuse? Okay, so honestly, um, the way Webster and other people define abuse is really just like the mistreatment or violent behavior um, against others or to others. But honestly, there's a much broader spectrum and a lot of it starts off in the families and people don't even realize it's, it can start with um, like toxic dependency. Um, like let's say for an example, um, one kid really wants to go away to college and really pursue something, but you know they have a, a toxic dependency to a member in the family, so they stay behind. Um, and then that that child may get rewarded for staying behind, but the child who says, "Hey, no, I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to go away because this is really where my heart is." That child is punished, and sometimes it's not even outright punishment. It may be the one who stayed in school. Um, state and, and state gets more help, um, mm -hmm. is more coddled, is celebrated more. And people may look at, oftentimes they look at it as like favorites and black sheep, but sometimes it's a little deeper than that. Um, and you'll see this sometimes when it comes down to um, like little things where someone's controlling someone's life, where they were going to go do something major and the person who they have a toxic dependency to, um, can say one thing and it can totally derail what they were going to do. And oftentimes because it's like a learned behavior within families, that's something that is, um, people don't really realize. Um, I will also say that it's also, it's, um, you, you also have like, of course, sexual abuse, unfortunately. Um, I've also learned about like disability abuse where the person who is disabled is not always um, sexual that's inflicted on them sometimes just being hit or somebody's frustrated because they've had to take time out of their life to tend to this person whether it's their child their parent even their spouse and they just do things and they inflict pain in them sometimes it's physical sometimes it's verbal so when you ask about abuse um, I think it's a really it has a really really broad um definition um that a lot of people aren't talking about 
It's very true. And that's why I'm, I'm so glad, like one of the reasons that even sparked, I mean, we, we were planning to address abuse this month just because it is um, National Domestic Violence Awareness Month and a host of other things. October is like that month for like heavy stuff, but it was like, we need to address this. And so there was a post that you um, put on uh, Instagram, which I loved because it was very specific and very detailed in outlining the different forms of abuse. And a lot of them we often overlook. I mean, usually we're, we're quick to think of physical violence, domestic violence, sexual abuse, but then we don't think about like psychological abuse. We don't think about financial abuse. We don't think about verbal abuse. We don't think about digital abuse in this day and age, you know, with social media, we don't think about, um, uh, spiritual abuse, because that almost sounds like an oxymoron, you know, like yeah. how in the world could somebody be abused in a spiritual setting, but all of that is so true and so important. So I really wanted to take some time to outline um, some of those different things and actually reference your post just because I thought it was so great. And I'm just going to go into some of the ones that um, aren't deemed as necessarily very common. Um, or that people would, you know, think of initially when they talk about abuse. But um, I will say, well, let me look at psychological a little bit. Um, uh, behavior or comments that uh, taunt or undermine your sense of self or personal security. Um, this may impose a sense of vulnerability around your personal safety or mental health and well-being. Um, financial abuse accumulating debt in your name. How many parents uh, or children know of parents that have started taking out stuff in their name? And I mean, we joke about it in the black community, but that's not cool. Like that's not the move. Um, refusing access to, refusing you access to your money especially when it is legally yours. You know, we talk about in, um, particularly in uh, marriage settings where you may have accounts that are in um, one or both person's names, but somebody may be more financially savvy than the other person. So you trust that person to handle your finances, but if it turns into something where the person wants to control the finances without you all being in agreement or not telling you about other pockets or accounts of finances. And of course, that can be outside of marriage. That can be in, you know, parenting scenarios. We look at childhood stars that have accumulated wealth, you know, um, preventing you from seeking or keeping a job. You know, I want you to stay home. I want you to help with the kids. I want you, you know, what have you, instead of helping to, you know, be independent. Um, verbal abuse, constant put downs, ridicule, name calling, humiliation, sexual insults, body image insults, intelligence insults, parenting skill insults, um, digital abuse, using technology to bully, harass, or intimidate, um, including threats to share or sharing private photos online without consent, controlling who you can and can't be friends with on social media, sending insulting messages using digital platforms. Um, and then the last one that I wanna hone in on is spiritual abuse, not allowing you to practice your chosen religion or cultural beliefs, um, misusing religious or spiritual traditions to justify physical or other abuse towards you. And the list can go on. So feel free if you all wanna share, but I wanted to highlight aspects of abuse that we don't normally think about when we talk about abuse. Wow. So much of those different forms of abuse have 
resonated with me either by um, seeing it being done to someone else um, within my family um, or actually some of those forms of abuse being done to me um, in previous relationships. And sometimes when you're in a relationship and you're experiencing the abuse, you don't always know how to identify that, hey, I'm actually being abused. So those are really powerful. Yeah, very important. So let's talk about like, like you and you kind of um, referenced one of those um, reasons, Latoya, like you may not even realize like this is abuse because you're being manipulated so much to the point that you know, you, you just don't see it. Um, but what uh, could be most challenging for uh, why people, or what is the greatest challenge I say are some challenges as far as why people aren't able to acknowledge or confront abuse They're you know, in often cases, they may not be able to acknowledge the abuse they're, they're experiencing or confront their abuser. Like what are some obstacles to that you think? I think shame, shame is a big one. Um, feeling guilty for allowing yourself to be put in that position. And you might think about, think back to like, Hey, my mom warned me about this and I didn't listen. And here I am getting abused. And I think it's, it has something to do with the shame of not really wanting to admit that maybe like your mom might've been right. Mm -hmm. um, and just trying to navigate how to get out of that situation can be pretty difficult as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely um, agree with that. I also believe, and I've seen this more recently in the past few weeks. I'm sure it's been there, but I had been kind of detoxing from social media and um, the news for a little bit. But people, I think people are beginning to um, normalize toxicity mm. in a lot of forms and when you normalize it you know struggle struggle love and that's a term that a lot of people like to use struggle love looks like this thing like that people start to desire like it's like oh well he doesn't love me if he doesn't you know call me excessively while I'm trying to do something super important <laughs> you know things like that um, people or if it's not an argument every other day or if he doesn't try to control like people start to look at it and and honestly even on the flip side when you think about um females abuse, abusing men a lot of times people don't talk about that because people they look at somebody their physique they think about somebody's role in the world and what they're supposed to be based on society and they don't think about the fact that um, a lot of times even if not being physically abused men are being, um, some men are being verbally abused, psychologically abused and controlled as well. Um, I saw a post that really, really bothered me. A young lady wrote, um, I like my dudes broke so I can control them. And then a guy reposted her post and said, LOL, I told y'all I got more females when I was, um, when I was broke. And then like, he was like, in a way, kind of pondering, should I go back to that? And I think that, that, so that is what I mean when I say people start to normalize toxicity. And so when you do that, all these things that are really, really unhealthy for us start to look like, oh, it, it's okay, you know, and you start to ski past all the red flags 
because you didn't um because you think it's normal you look at reality tv Wow. And it's like, wow. Oh yeah, I want to be like. I'm not gonna call any names. Um, we don't, we don't want to get sued. Um, <laughs> but you know, you look at certain um, reality TV shows, and people start to admire their lives, not realizing that a lot of it is scripted and what they're going, what they're really going through behind the scenes. And some of it is bad, and some of them are, you know, it's just all an act. And people start to not only admi- admire that, but then they also start to. Um, adopt it into their own life and adapt to that way of life thinking that that's what love looks like why do you you bring up so many great points um what jumped out to me though is this whole and this has kind of been you know age old i think the desire for a bad boy or in some cases even a bad girl you know a bad chick whatever like why is that do you think that that culture pushes that you know he don't, you know, a man don't love me unless he hit me or, you know, put his hand or, or, or even just the whole, I just want somebody that's, that's rough, that's aggressive, that's, you know, where do you think that comes from? Um, I think it definitely goes back to how you were raised, what you saw. And a lot of times, even if like, I know Toya brought up with your mom told you, you know, your mom told you that she saw something and don't get into that relationship. Well, what if, unfortunately, Let's say God, let's say your mother was blessed enough to get out of a toxic relationship, but you saw that relationship as a child. Um, sometimes you can get into the relationship because you kind of admired it back then and you didn't realize that you internalized it. And then there are other times when the person is such a good manipulator, you don't know what you have until you're so you're in too deep. And in the form of narcissistic abuse that is um, considered trauma bonding. And basically where um, the person, you know, they can, they repeatedly do things to um, like turn you off and on. And then you're, you're in so deep and they, they go through a series of other things like gaslighting and just other terms that we've heard. Um, unfortunately, other, term, other things that we even see in some people who are running the country right now, you know, it's like, those, and so when you have things like that, you have people on platforms running the country, you have people on reality TV, and you've seen things in your family, those things make it all look so normal that it's kind of like, this isn't love if I don't have this. And so a lot of times it's like, oh, if he, if this man isn't aggressive with me, I don't want him. But what about the man who um, knows how to control his finances? Let's, let's, let's go after that, you know, not go after, but let's um, give that man some time and you know, consider him, but a lot of times it's like, oh, like you said, the bad boy. Wow. Maybe people uh, like drama, you know, maybe they just like drama because they see the drama on TV and they kind of want to emulate that drama. Yeah. I don't really like drama like in that. my life, <laughs> but <laughs> in my experience, I think for me, I, I was in too deep when I realized what type of relationship it was it was like oh man I'm in too deep and it was a challenge to kind of get away from that person but yeah I think that is definitely an issue um people getting in too deep and sometimes the abuser doesn't really show all those characteristics to years later after you've been uh, you know in a relationship for maybe a year and then you finally started seeing red signs and flags and 
sometimes it could be longer than a year before they start showing their true colors. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, both of y'all, because this is mm, some good stuff. I, I wanted to ask, um, or not even ask, but sometimes I feel like people don't know their value or their worth too. Like that makes me, it makes me feel like sometimes there's a, well, if I end this relationship, you know, I won't be able to find another person or I won't be able to get into another one or, or I won't have that sense of love or that sense of companionship, you know? So I think some of it is tied to that too. And it could be reinforced by manipulation. So you just, yeah, you never know, but wow. Okay. Well, Mache, let's um, get into your story. If you could share with us um, some of your journey and let us know um, how you, how you met your abuser, how you ended up in relationship with them. Okay. So um, I am going to be vague yet detailed at the same time, because I feel that it's not my place to expose him. It's mm -hmm. that's God's place if he chooses so chooses but it is my right to tell my story mm -hmm. so basically we were at a church related event um and we met but the funny thing is we had actually been friends on social media for some years before and actually been on platforms together speaking so every once in a while we would chit chat but maybe not necessarily to each other and so because of that connection and identifying that we had been friends even before we met in person, that was kind of what was used to try to make me feel comfortable with him wanting to expedite the relationship. And that's something that um, we have to pay attention to. If someone wants to, if they're like rush, 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 and they really, really want you to hurry up and get into a relationship, or they're just pushing you when you're not comfortable, you have to pay attention to that because sometimes that's where you can find a motive. And I wasn't able to identify that. And so I reflected um, on a lot of things that I saw. And even um, throughout the relationship, when I, um, when I saw that he was cheating and certain things that was brought to my attention, I saw how he was going after other females. Now, I wasn't one to necessarily, po necessarily post everything about my business on social media, which is why he had to be on the phone with me often when trying to court me because there was a promise of marriage in the beginning and we were supposed to, you know, it was like he had to meet my family almost immediately. He, he wanted to come to my church, you know, being a, a PK, you know, these were things that he knew to do. So it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to um, make sure that I show this side of me, especially because we met at a church event. So she's a church girl, you know? And so I realized that um, we definitely have to pay attention to when people are speeding, trying to speed things up on us. And honestly, um, like even like doing things like moving states and then making, trying to make you feel guilty throughout because they move states, that was a choice that they made you know, and, um, or, so that's, that's the quick story on how I met my, uh, how I met him. And then that's also, um, just some tips on some things that I realized when I reflected. Well, when did you realize that you were in abusive relationship? So honestly, I think it was, um, about two to two and a half years in. Wow. And, Another thing I've realized is um, as 
as a woman, not just a woman, but a woman who was going after things, you know, um, moving up the ladder in the government and running her own radio station and being involved in so many things and even trying to, um, even completing my master's during the relationship, I realized that I was so busy that there were some red flags that I missed. But another thing that allowed that continuum of time to go on before I realized um, his personality was that he was always in and out of town. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, okay, so what I'll do is I'll make it seem like, and, and sometimes he may have been with, you know, certain people that he was tending to on the road um, with regard to what he does. But there are also other times when, even if he was, it was like a, um, a two-prong <laughs> visit out of town. You know, there were other reasons. And um, the thing is, God showed me so many times after I realized that, but I was, I was in so deep. And then I started to feel like, like you said earlier, Maya, like, okay, well, I have so much invested. I have this time invested. I don't want to lose what I invested for the next person to get. And I think that's another thing that we, I know that I've learned growing up from other um, black women. It's like, you don't want to do all that work for the next person to get to pri get the prize. But I realized that I really didn't have a prize. So mm -hmm. at some point God really released me to, and allowed me to move forward. Wow. Did you, when you felt the release to, to move forward, was there any type of confrontation? Like, I mean, how did you end the relationship? Was it just like, let me just fade to black? <laughs> or was it like, this is why we're ending? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I wish I could say it was that easy. Um, it wasn't. And honestly, um, it, was, it was a long road, honestly. And even when God released me before, I didn't take my way of escape. And even though at one point I start to regret that, I know that God has, one thing about him is he will truly use everything to um, your good. Like he knows your purpose. And so I thank God for keeping me safe. I thank him for keeping me sane. But honestly, um, so like I said, he moved, out, moved here from out of town. And initially when he came, um, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna respect the fact that you're celibate. I'm gonna respect the fact that you don't wanna live with anybody. But then all these things start coming up. And then me as the heroic black woman, I'm like, okay, well, you can stay, but you know, we're not doing anything. You could stay on the couch, you know, or, and, and just things like that. And then that started changing into, well, you know, I really, really love you. You know, I've respected how you feel for months, but how are you gonna show me that you love me? And then you get into other things and then you realize later down the line that that person will turn around and use those very things to inflict pain on you psychologically, um, emotionally, and make you feel like you're the worst person in the world because you gave in. Um, so in saying all that, after I think about three years, um, I started realizing like when I finished my master's, which was a struggle to finish your master's with somebody who is um, abusing you emotionally and psychologically um, because they feel less, they don't feel that great about themselves. Um, so basically when finishing up my master's, I started, my eyes started to open up. I had more time and I realized some things weren't right. Um, you know, some 
just just different things and then god even showed me from time to time um because he had so much access he had access to the station he had access to um my emails um i saw how over the years he had been um pretty much blocking people so i wasn't getting communications that people may have thought i was getting for the station so that's kind of breaking down you know what my goals what i'm working on in addition to that he was um I realized that he was taking interviews that were meant for me to further along what I assisted him in building. And so knowing all of those things, seeing all of those things, next thing I know, he breaks up with me. One random morning, <laughs> dropping me off to work in my car. And that's a whole nother story. We can get into that a little later. <laughs> but um, he broke up with me. And it just, it was crazy because it came out of nowhere or I, for me, I felt like it came out of nowhere and it just was so hurtful. And so when, once he did that, it was like, I was like traumatized. Mm -hmm. So then, but he needed somewhere to stay. So you break up with me, but you still need somewhere to stay. You still need transportation to work. And so then it was like, well, um, I need this so I can go ahead and get out of your house. So I gave a deadline to get out of my house. Um, that deadline came and went. Then he gave something and that deadline came and went. So basically um, it, was, it was over long before he was out of my life. And it wasn't really until Valentine's Day of one year. Um, and basically I had seen a lot more. Like when I say, and I, a lot of times I wasn't even looking for these things, you know, like it would be like, I go on my computer um, and I, I'll look in, like the Lord will show me, like look into your blocked, uh, like I, I don't look in there that often. And I didn't think I needed to because I trusted this person with my heart, with my business, uh, with my vision. And I was just see certain things. Then I would see, so then one day randomly, I was, um, uh, I was also over top of the page for that person's business. And what happened was he deleted me and Mark Zuckerberg, they, they be snitching, <laughs> but I'm glad they snitch. Um, so he deleted me. And, and that was also hurtful because I'm like, I helped you build this. Not only did I help you build it, but every time you got an accomplishment, you posted pictures of your family. Mm -hmm. I was the one who helped you build this. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, yes, yeah, so when he deleted me, it started showing me other females that he had been promoting and... Um, you know, things like that and just different things. And then he also was using my platform to promote these females that he was um, getting in contact with and creating additional relationships with. So when Valentine's Day came and he had plans, I was like, oh no, I have plans. And so I, um, so he like purposely came back late with my car. Um, then like, I really didn't have plans. I had plans to take myself to get something to eat. So, um, but as I sat, I, I went and got me some food and I sat in a movie theater parking lot and ate my food. And he, when I saw you called excessively, and this goes to that digital abuse, um, he called excessively. And when I didn't answer, just text mean things, like really, really mean things. And then, so when I got back um, to the house, that's when things like really, really went off the chain. Um, he was like really mad. So 
he kicked in my bedroom door and this was the first so in the past I had like maybe two incidents of him getting upset and maybe pushing me into a wall and that's not okay I don't say that lightly I just say that as in like he was upset about something and there's a, a chain or um, a cycle of abuse that people don't realize they're really in. You have the love bombing phase, then you have the apology, you know, person to come back and apologize, and then they're doing nothing, and then it comes back around. It's just a, a never ending cycle. Um, so anyway, that's that was the first time we ever got into a physical fight, and it was because he he was so upset, and I told him, you know what, I've given you all these additional extensions, like you got to go by the end of this week. And that made him so mad that he went to choking me. And then we went to physically fighting. And one thing about me, like, I know in the past, like before any of this, I was like, oh, I'm not going to take that from nobody. And, you know, and I, in my day, I wasn't necessarily a fighter one to pick fights, but if I had to fight, I could fight. Um, so I just, I made up in my mind, I was never going to let a man hit me. Um, and so I fought him back, but I was, I was fighting a grown man who was giving me body shots to my ribs. Mm. And I'm like, and, and so during this, I was like, I can't wrap my mind around it, but I'm also trying to defend myself. I mean, he, he knocked things off my dresser, ransacked my room. So these are the things I went through before I actually, um, while I was still in the relationship, before I could actually leave. And so... Um, I know people are probably thinking, well, why, why didn't you call the police? You know, a lot of times people say things like, well, just call the police or just get an order, um, a court order, um, things like that. But people don't realize, in addition to already being emotionally attached to this person, we also have the things that's going on in the world where you're seeing a black man killed. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, I still love him as a person. There were some things that were really good about him, but mm -hmm. we're not good together. And he's not good for me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to see him killed by the police. I don't want the blood, his blood on my hands. And that's the way I looked at it. And I think that's another reason why a lot of times females tend to stay um, in situations or not tell other people because it's like, okay, I just saw um, Freddie Gray killed on TV here in Maryland, or I just saw, you know, um, uh, Philando Castillo, like anybody else, like someone who may not have even been doing anything. Mm -hmm. And then if I call the police on him, this could end his life. Um, so anyway, I, that night I did attempt to call the police and he actually physically snapped my house phone in front of my face, snapped it in half. Mm -hmm. That freaked me out because I, not only did I not even think anybody would ever do that, just to see it happen after all that trauma is something that is still very vivid in my memory. I can still sometimes like hear the, the phone snapping in half. And I know people are like, oh, okay, well, don't you have a cell phone? Actually, I have two. Um, at that time, I only had one, but he took my phone and he, so he unplugged the other house phone because I use that for business a lot and he hid it. And then he took my cell phone like I was a kid and woke me up in the morning for work so I can get dressed. And then when I was like, I'm not going, it was like he was going to start an argument about me not going to work. Because of course, if she stays home, I don't know what she's going to do. Mm -hmm. So he, I got, went ahead, got ready for work. I just didn't want any more drama. He, as he dropped me off for work, 
He had charged my phone. Now, this is crazy. He charged my phone and he gave me my phone as I'm going into the building. And so um, eventually someone made a joke at church like, hey, you, here you come late again. Not realizing that every Sunday, because this person chose not to go to my church, every Sunday I had to fight for my car. Mm-hmm. And because their church was closer, it was like, um, I'll be back by a certain time. Let me know when you're ready. And so I pretty much had to fight for my car. And I'm, so I'm struggling, like I should call the police, but I don't want to see him hurt. Mm. So I'm going back and forth. And then I'm emotionally tied to this person. So um, eventually um, that Monday, me and the person, the person who made the joke, when I said, you don't, you really don't understand. And y'all have to start giving people grace when you don't understand. And so me and that person had, um, we planned to have dinner Monday. So I'm not a good liar at all, but I had to tell my ex something so that he wouldn't know that I was going to talk to somebody about it. And so I had a conversation with this person. Their parents are in the legal field. And it was like, you got to talk to my parents. You know, you shouldn't be going through that. The same time I contacted my ex's mom, I, I did every search I could to find her information. And that's not necessarily a good thing because I realized that um, some information I shared with her she didn't necessarily tell him that I shared, as far as I know that I shared it with him, but she started giving him tips to make sure that he was doing, being a better person than what he had shown me. And um, so anyway, by by that Tuesday, I, um, I said I wasn't going to work. I wasn't feeling good. I dropped him off to his job and I went to go meet with the people um, I told you about. And when I did, they immediately were saying, oh no, we're filing a restraining order. And I appreciate that they cared for me. Um, but in the back of my mind, I was like, but nobody lives near me. And you know, isolation is really key with this. Um, so the fact that I was already isolated from family, friends, my church, um, because of the distance I live from all of those things, it just made his job easier. It was um, one less step he had to, to use or to go through. So, Basically, um, after that, uh, I, that whole day while we're doing the paperwork and I'm going to go file at the court, he's ringing my phone off the chain and I realize I'm shaking. And so this is another thing that people don't realize that abuse can really, really inflict other types of mental illness, PTSD, PTSD or CPTSD, which is complex PTSD. A lot of times people associate that with people who've been in wars, but a lot of times mentally and emotionally, when you've been abused, you've been in a war. It's just not in army fatigues, but you've been in a war. So having said all that, even after that, even after getting the restraining order, I felt bad when he came back and was like, you know, I just really got to explain. I'm sorry, you know, that's never happened before. And so I would not take the restraining order on. It was going to be on for a year, but for that year, that he was in here on the floor in my living room, I would, I would not remove the restraining order. I lived in fear. I didn't want to see the cops hurt him. And then, but when, like, if he got mad about something crazy and started an argument, like it never went to physical again after that. But if he, if he started arguing, he would start kind of threatening like um, suicide by police. So it was a cycle, it was like a never ending cycle of manipulation so it went on for a year after that Michelle 
A little over a year. Okay. A little over a year. And by God's grace, um, he chose to move on. And I'm sharing this because that was, so that was God giving me another way of escape. He had already given me a way of escape before and I didn't take it. Um, and oftentimes a lot of women in these situations do not. Um, I saw a young lady who has a, a page called the Butterfly Project on Instagram. And I believe she also has a Facebook. But she was saying like, if you don't have a plan, a lot of times we find reasons to go back. And so like, it could be something as, as small as, you know, your favorite teddy bear that you had since you were six. If you didn't take it when you were fleeing, somebody will find that as a reason to go back. Or when that person, um, a lot of times, I don't know how much this happens with um, people who aren't narcissists, but I will say with narcissists, they'll start sending you things like flooding you with pictures of good, good times and memories and telling you how much they love you. And that's the trauma, that's the uh, love bombing stage and making you feel bad for leaving them. So yes, I was in a little bit more than a year even after the um, restraining order. Wow. Thank you so much for being so transparent with your story, Mache. Um, you gave a lot of details that I know a lot of women can glean from. Um, how did you ultimately heal from this abusive relationship? Like what steps did you take to heal? So honestly, I think it, it, it's been a journey. So honestly, I'm still healing. I'm still healing, but I'm in a better place than I was before. Um, I definitely, so I started getting counseling, but even before that, the first thing that I always stayed in God's face, even when I was going through this, um, I stayed in God's face. I stayed in my word. Um, I started to see a lot more posts about people going through these kinds of things. And sometimes even, like I said, people glorifying it. And one time I posted on, um, I did a reply on a post. And after that, a lot of young ladies start to get in my inbox. Like, well, how did you heal or how are you dealing with that? Thank you for sharing that. And to me, that was such a huge blessing because, so I've not, I'm not suicidal. I've never been suicidal, but when you're going through that, it's like, Lord, like, can you just bring me home? You know, because it was so traumatic, um, I started thinking about things like that. But that was kind of like a lifeline for me, being able to help others and encourage others and pour into them. So then I also I be, I um, built a bond with one of the young ladies who reached out to me, and we had begun like just um, messaging back and forth, um, checking on each other, things like that. So starting to get a community. Um, because I realized when I would try to drop hints to family and friends, and this is no offense to them, a lot of times people care about you so much that their solutions and their comments aren't intentional when they're hurting you, but they are, they do hurt you. Wow. So having someone who wasn't directly connected to my family, um, who I can share with, um, and who I can help encourage as well, was part of my healing process. Another thing was... Um, so I had a lot of people, some people have kids that help to keep them alive. I had my parents, my, my mom has lupus. Uh, my father at the time was suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was, um, I was like, no, I can't, I can't like let myself go. I can't let myself, because I almost had a nervous breakdown. 
Wow. And so that those were the things that helped me to heal. In addition to that, the people I kept in my ear, um, I kept like um, Sarah Jakes Roberts. Um, uh, there's a lady, Apostle Jamila Gooden is now her last name. She has been instrumental. Um, it just been, it's been a, quite a few people that I've kept in my ears. Some people who have gone through that situation who preach the gospel. And so they're able to speak from that perspective. Um, R.C. Blakes, which is a man who actually talks about um, narcissistic abuse. He actually says that he was once a narcissist. Um, so hearing those things and those tips are the things that helped me with my healing journey. But then after that, um, just like feeling uneasy, not feeling like myself, feeling like I might, I still may have a nervous breakdown. I looked into um, therapy mm -hmm. and it has been amazing. My therapist is like one of my good girlfriends. Like our sessions are like, like we're talking now. So <laughs> definitely therapy. I went through the EAP program at my job. I didn't have to speak to anyone specifically at my job and they paid for the first six sessions. And uh, so this may be hard for some people if the person is always keeping track and tabs of your life. But if you can go through the EAP program at your job, and I know everyone doesn't have this, um, doesn't have access to that, um, but you can also reach out to programs in your community. Every state has something like I know here they have uh, the Dove program, which I think is the domestic violence. Um, I can't think of the exact name of the program. But the, the one time that I, I did call the cops, and I'm sorry, I forgot about this part, they made him walk. They gave me a flyer. And not only did they give me a flyer, the officer himself actually reached out to me and um, shared with me that he would be sharing my name with somebody who would send me more resources. So look at places in your state that can help you and also research the, the domestic violence website and um, yeah, and follow those kinds of pages on Instagram and Facebook because they can be very um helpful to you in your journey uh, your journey to healing yeah very good and then we've talked a, a lot about identifying abuse so i'm gonna um skip the rest of the questions that we have for that part i do want to spend just a little bit of time on people that um have abused in the past because uh oftentimes people that have abused either were abused or you know experienced it saw abuse somehow in their lives and so there's definitely a journey for healing in that regard as well i know even while i was preparing for this episode i spent a lot of time thinking about that because again um you may or may not have heard the phrase hurt people hurt people and mm -hmm. so really making sure that you know if somebody's listening to this and they have inflicted abuse upon someone, you know, for whatever reason, that there is an opportunity for you to receive healing as well. And an opportunity for you to make amends, you know, I know there are times in my life where I've had to reflect on how I have treated people um, based on, you know, either what I may have seen or even thinking that it may have been a power play or showing my strength or what have you. And then hindsight, looking back going, that wasn't good. That wasn't cool. And so, you know, you may have to make amends if you feel like you've been uh, abusive to people in any way, shape or form as well. So I just wanted to take a minute to, to share that aspect as well. Um, man or woman, you know, uh, workplace, um, relationship, romantic relationship, church relationship, spiritual relationship, whatever, um, mother, son, father, daughter, whatever relationship that is coming to your mind at this time and whatever role you feel like you may have played in an abusive relationship, there's a path toward healing for that. 
So um, in light of that, let me ask, what are some steps that you would recommend, and some of this you've shared, uh, but some steps that you would recommend for um, women and or men that are in abusive relationships right now that are listening and they just don't know what the first step should be. And I know you struggled with this as well in your story. Do you have any thoughts or suggestions on what that first step should be? Because sometimes it's just hard to get away or to get out of the situation. Um, yeah, so definitely. And I hope I didn't talk too long earlier. <laughs> no, this is good. This is um, so definitely resources. Um, start looking at resources. And I'm not saying to do what people call um, tra trauma soup, where you and other people are just trading stories of trauma and no one's trying to heal. When I say resources, I mean like look to people that you can not only share with and trust with your story. If it's someone that's not close to you, that's fine. If it's a therapist, even calling the, um, the hotline, domestic violence hotline, but you have to, um, you have to say something and you have to start searching for resources. Mm -hmm. So for, first and foremost, I would definitely say to start looking into resources. And the great thing about a lot of these um, sites that deal with domestic violence is they have a, a quick kit, quit quick button. And it's not called that on every site, but it'll help you if you're looking at something on your computer or on your phone and the abuser comes around, it's just a quick button that you can hit that will drop it really quickly. They won't realize what you were on, uh, what sites you were on, because of course that can um, cause more pain. Mm -hmm. So definitely look into resources and um, have a strategy, have a plan. Um, I, I would say, you know, I know everybody who sees this may not, um, may not have a relationship with the God I know, a God I serve, but I will say is have a connection. So for me, that's what got me through. God got me through because I got myself into that. <laughs> you know, I can say I got myself into that and thinking I was in love, but um, God is what got me through. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing your story. We really appreciate you being so transparent for the women out there thank you because that's not even an eighth of the story so <laughs> wow. I, I just want to be a blessing to people um and I'm going to be quick because I know we have a schedule but I just want to say like I really appreciate you not only reaching out to me but um I also have to thank Toya and Ryan personally because I hadn't really told many people but what happened was I was asked to join the track stars team and my ex was just, he was so vindictive with a lot of things. And I was like, if he kills my brand, I'll deal with it. But I cannot, because I love the Track Stars family, the Track Stars team. I cannot have him try to taint their brand that they've been building for so many years because I've joined the team. And so I told Ryan I would pray about it, and I did. And so um, when I told him what my dilemma was, um, I told him, I was like, listen, I, I, the Lord told me I can share this with you. I was like, I haven't shared this, shared this with anybody. I was like, but I'm still in this situation and I don't, I said, I'm trying to find a way to get out. You know, with my, my family being distant, my father having Alzheimer's and dementia, um, you know, just having my other family in Philly. I was like, you know, I, I don't know who I can tell. So I was able to tell Ryan and 
and Toya and they prayed with me and made sure they had my contact information. And that's another thing I'll say real, really briefly is give your contact information to somebody you can trust who if you send them a 911 message, they can send someone to your home. They can, um, you know, give people more details and somebody will know the story other than you. Amen. Praise God for both of y'all, Toya. You and Ryan. Amen. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Any words of encouragement that you would give to women that um, may be experiencing abuse or may be recovering from it, maybe on the journey to healing? I'll say definitely um, one thing I know that's helped some of the women who got in my inbox and it wasn't something I even intended to do, but I thank God for using me is find, go back and find you, find the you that you wanted to be before you got into this, find your purpose. Um, if there's something you wanna do, do it. The, one of the young ladies wanted to do voiceovers and by the grace of God, because of the radio station, I had connections. I knew how to, you know, even if I couldn't tell her the exact things to do with the voiceovers, I, I was able to connect her with someone who helped her and she was able to start doing voiceovers. But little things like that are the things that will help you know of course if you're in the thick of it um that's probably the furthest thing from your mind but you do have to find something that helps give you your why so i would say definitely have a strategy um know that you are worth um you're worth having a loving relationship and you're worth not being beat on you are so precious and you are needed you're necessary and your story is necessary but if you're not here anymore the only thing we'll hear is the history of you. Mm -hmm. So we want you to make sure that you are taking the steps um, necessary to plan to get out of the situation. And when you plan to get out, make sure that you have a plan to not go back. Amen. Amen. Wow. Whew. I'm sorry. I feel like I talked so much more than both of you. <laughs> this is your show. That's what this was for, for real. So, I mean, I just commend you for sharing your story. Thank you for, for being transparent and sharing your journey because we know, you know, it's, it's ever evolving that you're still on it. And so we really, really appreciate you um, praying about, you know, whether or not you were going to share and then taking the time to open up and share, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly. And I know you said that's like just a fraction of it. Um, I feel like even as you were talking, like there's so many other aspects of this topic that we um, could explore. So we may have to, to do another episode or something, but there's just so much more. But thank you for sharing. We, we appreciate it. Thank you for yeah. being on today. Thank you for being women that I can trust with my story. I think that was the thing that helped me say yes. At even, you know, when I was praying was, um, this is the first time I shared it. If my family sees this, this will be the first time they heard it. You know, because I had to put on a mask. I had to put on a mask to go to church. I had to put a mask on to go to work. I had to put a mask on to see my family because we were already dealing with so much and I didn't want to um, put that extra burden on them, especially knowing how hard it is to leave a person. So I thank you both so much for, um, making me feel comfortable and helping me get to telling my story for the first time. Amen. Amen. Wow. <sighs> Anything else you want to share, Toya? Holy. No, I'm, I'm trying not to tear up <laughs> as Mache is telling her story. Um, just trying to, you know, 
because so much of what you said has just truly resonated with parts of bits and pieces of my journey along the way. Um, so I am so thankful for you. And I know a lot of women will be touched by your story. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. So God be the glory. That's what I'm doing it for. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's transition into noble character. Uh, we want to take some time to acknowledge, you know, um, a woman or women that are um, setting the example and blazing a trail on this journey that we're talking about specifically today regarding abuse and the journey to healing. So do you have a noble character acknowledgement that you want to share for this this morning? Okay, so in this last minute, I have to take a quick page from Ryan's book and what he did a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> because there's so many, um, so many people I like to thank, and, and but I do have my ultimate noble character. Um, so there are, like I said, there are people who had, who I kept in my ear. There was Sarah Jakes Roberts, Dr. Anita Phillips, people I've never met, um, or I've been to their events, but I've not met them in person. Real Talk Kim, mm -hmm. um, Dr. Kenya J. Miller, who I also listened to, um, but ultimately I had to definitely go with. Apostle Jamila Young-Gooden. She is um, the pastor of Unity Church Charlotte. She, um, and also the pastor of the infamous Car, Chronicle move, Car Chronicles movement. Um, she has been so instrumental. Um, she shared her story. She's been very transparent about going through similar situations and in doing so, it allowed me to start to become free. And also the funny thing is my, my ex hated me listening to her, even when she wasn't talking about these kinds of things. I bet. <laughs> the fact that I was persistent with listening to her was such a blessing to me. So, and then when I did meet her, she saw something in me, she spoke into my life. Um, and then one day when I was at my lowest point, really, really on the verge, the very edge of having a nervous breakdown, um, God put it on her heart to call my phone. Mm. And out of over 450,000 followers alone, I know it's way over that now, but um, at the time she called me and just, you know, was checking on me personally. And that blessed me so much. And I was actually on my way to a meeting at work, but it gave me the strength I needed to even put my, that mask on again, just to get through the day because people don't understand. And um, so with her, her words and her call, I felt safe and empowered. So um, Pastor Jamila Young Gooden, I honor you and I thank you. Mm. Now I'm tearing up. So all the other stuff, now I'm tearing up. I thank you for being an instrumental part of my life and helping me to get through. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Mm. Okay. I'm Bless good, I'm good. Bless you, God. Yes. Pastor Jamila Young Gooden, you are a woman of noble character. Hallelujah. All right. So last week's BE challenge was to pray for a woman that is struggling to conceive or carry a baby to full term or to pray for a new mother. This week's BE challenge is to take a step towards identifying or confronting an area of abuse you have experienced or may be currently experiencing. So you were talking a lot about wearing your mask. And next week, we're going to be discussing <laughs> taking off the mask. Yay! So, 
uh, hopefully you will join us in listening um, as we discuss um, taking off our masks. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on the podcast app. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook at Becoming Eva Today. That's one word. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. See you guys soon. Bye. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com. See you next time.